1: You are listening to What the Truck!
2: Are you ready to truck? It is time for your Nooner with Dooner. Welcome to Friday! I feel good. I was in bed for like the past three days and now I feel like I can run through a freaking wall. It's my immune system. Don't come at me, sickness. Hey, we were supposed to have NASA on today. I promoted it. It was going to be awesome. We were going to talk about Orion. That, I even brought my shirt too, but... I'm kind of glad they didn't come. Look at this. Look at this. has got rockets on it. I'm kind of glad they didn't come, though. The cowboy shirt's kind of hot, and it's like 97 degrees and 100% humidity here today in Chattanooga. So instead, we're going to have a bunch of please advise people, even more please advise people than we thought we were going to have before. And now September 8th, we'll be talking about that Orion mission. So in a couple Fridays, NASA will be here. Also, if you remember last episode, Walmart, too. It's summer. There were some issues. Walmart will be back on, too, with those, uh, with those drivers. But... You know, to whet our appetites a little bit, I'm still curious, what are moon rocks? So we got a little video.
0: We're in the Lunar Curation Facility here and this is where the moon rocks are stored. I'm super excited about the upcoming Artemis missions because we're going to go back to the Moon, we're going to go to the South Pole, we're going to bring back different samples this time. Studying moon rocks is really important because we can learn about the Moon, we can learn about Earth, we can learn about their history, their birth together 4.5 billion years ago. And we can also learn about the solar system and the planets within this is a clean room uh, facility and so that means the air gets filtered and we have to wear these special suits and the moon rocks are stored in these cabinets that are filled with nitrogen and we do that because we want to keep them safe from earth water and atmosphere and of course germs and all sorts of other weird things. And studying Apollo samples, the moon rocks we have here, will help us to understand what we can find there and what kind of tools we need so we can collect more samples and bring them back to study for the next generation of lunar scientists. Hey,
2: I'll tell you a cool thing about moon rocks. From the, the first moon mission, I think one of the first entry docs like, ever done, customs entry docs from like outer space was for some moon rocks I should have I should have pulled a picture for that I'll show it to you guys on on April 8th I just thought of it right now while I was sitting here on today's episode I'm talking to Justin Martin about National Truck Driver Appreciation Week everyone must love that right that's what I used to think until someone made me woke to a different side the trucker side, their perspective on this. Plus, is trucking a commodity? This has caused a lot of problems online, a lot of controversy. Some people don't like to be called a commodity. We'll find out why Justin does call them that. Plus, Justin's been up a couple runaway truck ramps, so we're going to find out what that experience is like. we got freight waves market expert Donnie Gilbert. He's going to crunch the numbers on the freight market. Then... Then it's the first ever Please Advise Summit. We're Loosed a lot. Dominic Tulo, Chase Osborne, and Garrett Allen break down historic market, freight market, BS, truck stop, robots, how to build a community, and a lot more stuff. So, there's a lot to get into. Let's tip the band, and we'll bring up my friend Justin. You may think of AIT Worldwide Logistics as an average U.S. forwarder, but in the past decade, they've evolved to become a global logistics powerhouse. Today, AIT is customizing supply chain solutions for multinational Fortune 500 companies shipping between Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and North America. Despite the company's exponential growth, they are still the experts when it comes to creating tailored plans that fulfill your supply chain requirements. Find out how your business can benefit from logistics pros at
3: AITWorldwide.com. All right, it's Justin Martin. What's up, Super Trucker? I, I will say I've never been down any truck ramps. I've lost control of my brakes twice, but that's that's as close as I've gotten. That's as close as you've gotten. Well, we'll we'll get into that. First of all, I gotta.
2: I was I was thinking last night while I was sick. I was watching all these Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies because that's how I make myself feel better. And I was watching the original 1974 one. And at the end of that movie, there's a truck driver. He's actually a bull hauler. Not tiny bull hauler. But there's this truck driver comes by. He kills the hitchhiker. He throws a wrench at Leatherface's head. Leatherface has a chainsaw fall across his leg, cut him. Pam gets away in some other person's truck. And that guy just like, I don't know exactly what happened to the truck driver because he just runs down the road. But I assume he got away too. I got to say, he's one of the most unsung heroes in movie history for truckers.
3: That's it's a very well written role for a truck driver. Comes in, does his job, leaves. I, th- I think he's the only one who managed to kill a family member too when he killed the hitchhiker. Yeah. Go truckers. We need we need more truck driver heroes.
2: Do you have a favorite? I mean, I always say Lincoln Hawk, but he's he's like really well known.
3: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, I like I like being the hero too. But man, it's it's also really fun being the uh, the villain too.
2: So when I first hi- when I first hired you and Rooster back in the day when we were setting up the old site, I remember we were preparing for National Truck Driver Appreciation Week. And mm-hmm. I being uh you know more on the office side and stuff, I hadn't really thought there was a lot of acrimony around this. I felt like yeah, probably people kind of feel it's empty, but I didn't know that it was kind of as hated as it is. And I don't know if a lot of executives do. Either because when I sent out my newsletter last night, I got a lot of replies from executives that said, "This is completely Eye-opening, and it was a response yeah. from a lot of drivers that I included in there. I also took a poll. If you look at the poll that I took, I think it was like what fifty-nine percent, uh, or fifty. Whoa, what did it end up being? Fifty. I can't see that far. Fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven point nine. Fifty-seven point nine were like no. And the thing with Twitter polls, they're not scientific. I don't know who's voting yes. I kind of suspect, based on the comments, it was more like office people are like, of course you say yes. It's it's a good thing. You don't. You wouldn't say National Truck Driver Appreciation Week is a bad thing. But why do some truck drivers hate it, Justin?
3: Well, most of the time, it's a celebration for the people in the office. They get to throw a nice pizza party, maybe a barbecue out in the parking lot. And meanwhile, the driver is still on the road doing his job. Um, So by the time you get back, you know, that celebration is already done. You're lucky if you get, you know, a free hat, a pin, maybe a cool jacket if uh, your boss feels like splurging a little bit. But for the most part, most truck drivers don't really feel appreciated during Truck Driver Appreciation Week.
2: Yeah, you know, I get the impression from a lot of the economists that they they feel like... At the point that it's become, a lot said that back in the day, maybe 20 years ago, it had a lot more meaning, people would do better things. Mm. But um, now they feel like it's more like they're using, they're exploiting them a little bit. They're using it to market that these companies are doing these things, but the drivers don't really get it. And I understand that part of truck driver appreciation, because probably to make people who aren't truck drivers and people in the office aware of what drivers do but it's failing on the end of making truckers feel appreciated. For example, here's some comments. American Trucker, our friend Taylor built. he said, you mean the week where the office staff gets to eat barbecue all week in the name of truckers? <laughs> Tricky Mick says, nope, I care about the wages. Billy the Spud said, no, but I do care about Broker Appreciation Week. <laughs> Scott Scott says no, because it just ends up being office people appreciation, because they get all the stuff while we're on the road. And this sentiment like echoes over and over again. Yeah. Beetle Bailey said if every truck stop in America were to do driver appreciation day all in the same day or all the same week, maybe then it could be appreciated by you know, giving them a discount or something there, free parking. Nathan Lewis, he says it's awesome. The office gets catered barbecue and the driver's day is no different. <laughs> Easy Money says if you want to appreciate drivers, pay them better. Give them better benefits packages, better vacation time. And I think that that's, I, the reason I put this in the newsletter and the reason I bring this up now isn't really for truck drivers. It's for people in the office and people who come up with these programs and people who distribute this to understand that it's failing a little bit. And if you look at a company like WorkHound, they do a survey. And the three top issues that drivers always have is pay, pay clarity, communication with the office and dispatch, and, um, and uh, like parking, right? Those are the three major issues. Yeah. I think people like to see those addressed during, during Truck Driver Appreciation Week.
3: Yeah, it's it's so easy to fumble too because, you know, drivers throughout the year really don't feel appreciated. And so for the one week of the year that they're really supposed to, you know, be appreciated, it can be really hard to, to screw it up. You know, either the driver's out on the road and they don't get to celebrate or, you know, you try to get some home time during that week and, oops, sorry, you know, the customer really needs that load. So, yeah, you got, you got to be really careful with how you, how you do your celebrations.
2: Now, Justin, you've moved on from attacking everyone. Well, I don't know if you've moved on, but this week you've moved on from attacking everyone about the driver shortage narrative. Instead, you're on to trucking is a commodity. It's caused uh, it's caused some controversy amongst the uh, trucking community. Tell me, first of all, why you think trucking is a commodity.
3: Well, the only thing drivers hate more than driver appreciation week is being called a commodity I've I've found. Um, You got to realize you're in competition with, with literally millions of other drivers out there. You know, it's, I I think the contention is that they don't like themselves being called a commodity and I'm not, I'm not calling drivers a commodity whatsoever, but trucking itself, the art of trucking, if you want, is a commodity. Um, You're, you're going to have to either internalize that and figure out a way to stand out amongst the crowd or Figure out specialized niches that you can break into where there's a lot less competition.
2: Is this kind of like a generalized blanket statement a little bit? And you think that's where some of the semantics are coming? Because I highly agree with you, especially when we're talking about like the spot market. When you're talking about the spot yeah. market, you're making yourself a commodity. I understand if you are a customer, you have all your niche customers, everything is based on service. You're not you're, you're not as much of a commodity. You haven't put yourself in that commodity market. You've created a, a specialized book of business, but I think when we're talking about this statement about trucking being a commodity, that's what we're referring to. We're referring to it at large. And you said something really interesting um, on a TikTok you did. You said, don't fight it. Understand it so you can strategize around yeah. it. Make yourself less of a commodity and understand what we mean by trucking is a commodity.
3: Yeah, because the the ones that are fighting a tooth and nail are the ones that are going to get swept swept away by market forces. The guys who understand it and and work with that in their favor are the ones who are going to come out on top.
2: Smoking Monkey says commodities are what we haul. Trucks themselves are not. Not to me, anyway. The wages rates haven't kept up with the market compared to other professions. When we try to justify rates paying less than they did eight years ago, that's the problem. But that's also the market, is it not? Like, isn't that even more yeah. recognition that this is a, a commodity? Whatever the market will bear. And almost, nothing's almost more exposed to that
3: and capacity and volume than trucking is. Yeah, no, and it's not a conspiracy. Like, they, people seem to think that there's like market or rate collusion and all this going on. Shippers don't need to lower lower rates when they don't have to. Like, if there's if there's you and 500,000 other of you, guess what? There's going to be one of you guys out there that's going to do it cheaper uh, than you will. How about in the context of your favorite topic, though? Because Rote
2: posted something interesting. He said, scarcity of a commodity means a shortage can occur in a market. If the supply is replenished, scarcity is eliminated. So, for example, when tender rejects were 25% plus in
3: mm-hmm. 2021, would you say that's a driver shortage? absolutely yeah and you, you you really should be striving for driver shortages at this point if, if you want wait if you want rates to go up you gotta shrink the supply of drivers
2: yeah i mean it's it's that simple i mean this market isn't that complicated
3: yeah yeah no and guys try to overcomplicate it i'm, I'm telling you it's really it really is that simple you know th- trying to get into like conspiracy thinking and you know connecting dots where there you know really aren't aren't there to be found, um, you're, you're missing the bigger picture. And the ones who do grasp that and understand it are going to be out competing you at every step of the game. Yeah. It's not meant as an insult. It's
2: not meant to like denigrate or undermine what truck drivers do. It's just the reality of what, especially a spot-based market is. Now you posted another video and under it, you were like, yeah, I've lost my brakes twice. First, let's look at the video seeing a truck here and this guy's he's he doesn't look like he's going that fast but he what what do you think's
3: happening here you just his brakes are just done yeah i mean well i'm surprised there's no smoke or anything coming out so he must have known pretty quickly this this might be like a mechanical failure um or he's just too heavy but yeah going down the grapevine 10 out of 10 execution right there the the guy that he just cut off i guess saw him coming um so that was nice of him too to slow up so he could uh get past him but yeah if you're going down the grapevine it's a steep grade and as soon as you lose your brakes you've got I think two chances to catch that ramp before you're uh, going for a ride. Yeah. And he, you know, you can see too, he's
2: not going that fast. He doesn't go that far up it, but he might, he's probably still going to have to pay for uh,
3: I I learned recently you have to pay when you go on that thing. Oh yeah. I mean, it's multiple, multiple thousands of dollars of tickets because you need special, you need at least, you know, two five ton wreckers to come out and, and pick you up. I mean, it, it's a lot of expensive specialized equipment and guess what? There's a lot less of those guys. So that's why they can charge those rates. Yeah. I don't know. That
2: seems like something that maybe, like, I'm not really into tons of government subsidies, but I think that maybe runaway truck ramps should, should be. If, they're, if, it's, if the investigation proves that you needed to use it, like, you shouldn't be disincentivized to use a runaway truck ramp because you have to do a calculation in your head of how much that's going to
3: cost you. Yeah. Well, and also just pre-trip. Uh, Keep your equipment in working order And you're going to avoid uh, Those really expensive tickets I've smoked my brakes out twice Once was on US 191 In Flaming Gorge uh, National Recreation Park In Utah That wasn't fun But I I felt it happening I felt the brakes fading And rather than wait until they were completely gone I pulled over There's a dam right before you get through the park I pulled over let my brakes cool down And the second time I was going over Eagle Pass And I just coasted the truck uphill Pulled over while it was stopped Kept in the first gear and shut it off Nice. Well, glad you're able to save yourself and not have to take that ramp.
2: Super trucker, thank you so much for stopping by the show today. I would have had you on the please advice Forum, but we can only fit four guests in the feed during that. I represent. You'll be. You (laughs) know what? You'll be with Curtis Garrett in the in the next one. (laughs) Who I (laughs) accidentally tagged. I love you, Curtis. I'll have you on next one because I think we'll do these monthly. I think this one's going to go well today. So I think that it makes sense to. And if you guys Um, aren't from. Familiar with that, please advise club is uh, it it all started. Read and there's our freight Twitter has been around for a while, but recently a lot of us have started to connect it a lot more and put some connective tissue between the group and make it a much larger sort of society of people who are into freight. And one of the people that's really done a lot of work in helping that is Read and Lost Freight and his discard forum and a lot of the spaces you guys do. So, um, we'll be happy to have you guys on. Uh, I can't wait, it's gonna be a good show. Cool, thank you so much for your time today, Supercharger. Have a great one. Thanks you too, man. See you. Go find him at Twitter at SuperTrucker. Go find us on social media at FW What the Truck. Meanwhile, here's something I got to teach Randy: how to fish a lobster. Don, do you ever teach your dogs? Look at this dog right here, this lab. He's swimming down and picking up lobsters.
4: Dogs hate water. They would never in the water, they would never go below the water, so that's not going to happen. What
2: kind of dogs do you
4: have? Uh, I got a, um, a couple of different. Wow. Uh, mixed breed pit bulls, okay. a bull terrier, a um, black lab, and a Burmese doodle.
2: The, the lab you could probably try.
4: She's lazy. She just sleeps. She's lazy? Yeah.
2: <clears throat> it's on time here a Market Expert here. We haven't covered the market. We haven't broken it down in a couple weeks over here. So let's get up to speed on what's happening. And your first chart is really, really interesting on what's going on in intermodal out of LA.
4: All right. So uh, just to back up and give some background, la leads a lot of times the u.s markets because that's where all the imports come in lax long beach uh and the regular lax port uh so normally here lately we've been seeing rejection rates pick up across the us just a little bit not a lot and lax is leading the way the lax market was had broken gotten above five percent now uh is this a recovery no i'm not talking about a recovery uh, the big question is: Have we hit rock bottom? I think we're very close to rock bottom. I think rates are, are very uh, at their kind of pretty close to where they're going to bottom out at. <clears throat> but we might be here for a while. Doesn't mean that you know, just because they touched that we're going to go start going back up. But there's a few small things that you want to see before a recovery is going to start, and that's just small increases of you know markets warming up or markets improving. Well, we've kind of seen LA start to improve. But then, out of nowhere, here we catch a left-hand swing from uh, the railroad. So, what I'm looking at here on this chart here, <clears throat> in purple, that's the average contract rate that we're wait, showing. Wait,
2: hold one second. Can we go back to that last one because we haven't gone through the, the actual numbers that are on there? There's an audio audience too. Can we go back to the first chart, chart number one, um, with the intermodal going down? They got that
4: one. Well, this is it. This is fine. We'll okay. S- we'll start right here. They're all. They're, they're. They're all three of them are very similar. All right. So we got LAX to Chicago right here on this chart. And the first line there in purple 220, that's the average about contracted rates for that lane. Uh, The green line is the uh, spot rates for right now, and this is including fuel. So you see it's at $1.75, including fuel. Now these little dotted line right here, that is the uh, spot rates for containers to go on uh, the train. If you look between August 14th and the 21st there, you see a big drop. So what has the, how, what is the railroad come come in and done? They want some of this action that's heating up there in LAX. This is just the LAX to Chicago lane. They've dropped their rates because they want to pick up some of this volume that's coming in. Remember, this Christmas volume is going to be starting here really soon. And this is their market play. And if this happens, this could actually be kind of make it a lot tougher for the spot rates on trucking. Because if they start bringing some volume, um, then... It's going to be less um, spot spot freight for these guys to get, or they're going to, have to compete over, and spot rates are going to drop further.
2: That was my next question: Is this going to draw? This is going to obviously draw down trucking spot <coughs> rates if the rail yeah, is possibly. directly competing and competing hard for that spread and rate.
4: Yeah, and then imagine like your uh, your shipping supervisors: Hey, do I want to pay two twenty plus fuel to uh, ship this from L X to Chicago? You know, I'm not in a really big rush right now. Yeah. Why don't we save uh, almost a dollar a mile yeah. over? 2,000 miles, and we we could almost save $2,000 and just put it on the rail. And we can wait an extra week for it, week and a half, because there's no real time sensitivity right now. (laughs) Let's go to the next chart.
2: Yeah, let's see what else we got.
4: This is um, Denver, Colorado to Atlanta, Georgia. Well, this is actually supposed to be LAX to Dallas, but it uh, apparently got. um...
2: Well, whatever to speak to it.
4: All right, well, let's just look at the dotted line because that's the important part. So, if you look at that dotted line, which is the INTRM in in uh, Sonar, dot, LAXDL, that's the dotted line for Dallas. They dropped that rate from uh, over two dollars a mile down to $1.54, It looks like here, that's a big sixty-cent you know drop right there. That's a cliff. That's a cliff. They want to compete. They they're throwing elbows. They really want in to get these uh, to get this completed. I just put out three different uh, runs. Go Let's the, look at one more. Go to the next chart here. Um, oh, we should have we a third missed, run. Maybe not. Yep, we missed one somewhere. But anyways, in the fold. there it is. Uh, LX to Atlanta. So here again, contract 231, spot rate 189, and here they drop from about 170ish down to 149. They drop their rail rates and getting that split in there, getting a big split because their trains are already going. They just want to fill these trains. Uh, so this could again hurt. And this is just three lanes I've put up. There's LA to Harrisburg, LA to Memphis. There's all kinds of lanes that could be affected by this. And if they start picking up volumes, it's gonna take away from the trucking industry and it's gonna push some rates down possibly. And so just keep an eye on this. Uh, you're gonna to have to get aggressive out of the LAX market. This could be a, a swinger. Now you said volumes, right? What are volumes looking like right now? All right, let's go to the overall trucking market. We're at 11,416, we're above 10,000. Uh, it's been kind of stable the last month and a half month, month and a half, you know, we've been above 10, been above 11,000. Um, so volumes are going to probably remain stable this way. Don't expect a really huge peak, uh, over Christmas, but we did see a little bit of a bump in, uh, maritime shipping. That is kind of peaking right now. And those volumes will be here in about 30 days. Some i coming in LAX. Uh, and so right now they're, they're pretty steady. They're not, they could be a lot better, yeah. But they're not terrible. The problem is we have just too much capacity in this trucking market.
2: I, I mean, I was looking at spot rates yesterday, and they've been like a dead duck at two twenty four all month. And I remember at the beginning of the month, Tender to Heart was like, hey, we project these are going to go up $0.06, cents, but that hasn't really panned out. Nope. We're still stuck okay. at two twenty four.
4: You, But you're looking at the NTI. Yeah. What about the NTIO? When you take fuel out of it? Yeah. Well, there's a problem. Spot rates have actually been going down just a little bit Ooh. because fuel's been going up. And when you take fuel out, you'll see where the NCIL is actually going down slightly because of the price of fuel. What's been happening is, Dooner, you're getting paid the same rate. Two months ago, you're getting paid the same rate now, but diesel fuel is a lot more expensive. Mm. So you're actually taking a lower rate and having to pay for higher fuel. So your pocket's getting smaller, and it's really putting a squeeze on people right now. So that's a problem. Uh, with diesel fuel going up right now is people aren't getting paid anymore and their expenses are going up. But the markets are stable right now. We're going to have a little bit of a bump for fourth quarter but it's not going to be impressive. It's not going to be anything like the previous, not last year. but It might be a little bit better than last year, but the previous two years are obviously awesome. We're not going to see anything like that.
2: Well, how about my favorite mode where I rate all the strap work in the flatbed market?
4: <laughs> so flatbed rejection rates, um, <clears throat> they've actually been going down here lately. Uh, they're at some of the lowest points they've been in quite some time. Uh, they're at 5.87%, but the you know, summer construction season is wrapping up and coming to an end. We're getting that time for it's going to be a little bit tough for them for a little while. You're seeing the pickups in um, reefer and drive-in right now, and if you look at the peaks right now, our our reefer is much higher than the Fourth of July peak season peak for them, which is uh, which is incredible. But you know, obviously, rejection rates are so low, they're just coming near the 7%. Drive-ins around 3.67, still very low, but again, it's still a bit higher than that Fourth of July peak. So we are seeing some changes right now. These are positive changes. Again, it's not a recovery, but there's certain things we're going to have to see before a recovery. And this is kind of just the markets warming up. It's going to be a while, I believe. It's not going to be in 2023. Uh, it's going to be at least minimum 2024 before we start to see a recovery. But we want to see in a little small improvements.
2: Now, what what would the catalyst be that would do? I mean, a hurricane season certainly wouldn't help or would help if you're looking for higher freight rates.
4: I, uh, depending on the damage, and I I don't want to see a hurricane come in just to drive spot rates up. But FEMA over the last 10 years has gotten incredibly more efficient. They're not sitting trucks like they used to. They're not paying all this. So they'll bring trucks down because they rent their own trailers now and they'll park those trailers and they'll get the capacity. Uh, back, so you can make some decent money running FEMA loads. But over the past couple of hurricanes, uh, we haven't seen a big swing in spot rates because of their efficiency. But if we had a big direct hit on a big city, maybe that would be different. If we had two or three or four in a year, like we did with Katrina back in what 2005, uh, that could be an issue where we're you know we're we're working on. Um, trying to get goods to Louisiana and three hurricanes that hit Florida all at the same time. That could be something, but it's going to have to be really big. Just a hurricane coming in and hitting uh, in between big cities in uh, Alabama and Louisiana or something like that, or even on the East Coast, they can handle a lot now by themselves without disrupting the trucking capacity.
2: Now the ocean market has talked about a, a very muted peak season. A lot of the shipping CEOs have. Is that bad news for holiday freight?
4: That's a that's a key indicator of what's going to happen with our holiday freight. Uh, if it's If the bump doesn't happen there, it's not going to hit us later on. So they had a little bit of a peak. Now their peak it kind of started a little bit earlier than previous, but I'm mean, I'm kind of wondering if it's a it's kind of if it's kind of a pull forward. To where these big retailers are going to start their Christmas seasons early. Not the, you know, we talked about. They don't necessarily do Black Friday anymore. It's always been a one person trying to get a week earlier. Now two weeks earlier. Well, now it's whoever gets their goods out first is going to bring in the most money, probably. So they may start pushing it closer to the first of November.
2: I mean, Costco already has uh, some Christmas stuff out. Like my spirit Spirit Halloween Chattanooga is not even open yet.
0: It's too soon.
4: My, my wife just got into ordering ordering Halloween stuff, so I, and I thought that was a little bit early, uh, but she's in full swing getting the skeletons for the yard and all that. Yeah. Right now, typically in the home decor uh, sector, this would be like going out and finding like your fall decor. I'm talking about fall pre Halloween, and then getting into Halloween, and then getting into your Thanksgiving. Uh, but right now would be uh, it's normally when the fall, but really. Uh, the first of August is about when that fall stuff starts coming out. Well, people are pushing it. We might see uh, Christmas stuff out before Halloween if you, you know, we keep at this rate. That's <sighs> <sighs> right, days, Donnie. It's right around the corner.
2: Tough Donnie. All right. So before I let you go, key indicators that we should be keeping an eye on.
4: I would definitely keep a, uh, an eye out on this LAX market to see how it reacts. I would want to see if their rail impact is going to start driving that market back down. If we start to see it slow down, I do not want it to for the for the sake of carriers. But you got to keep that so you can twist and turn. You may decide, hey, you know what? I don't want to deal with a, I don't want to deal with the rail out of LAX this year. Maybe go to the rail out of New Jersey. Uh, but definitely keep an eye on that. You want to see the week to week changes. You want to watch out for these markets where rejection rates are are, are picking up. Uh, it, I've noticed a lot on the WRI where we look for those week-to-week changes that, that these markets are not showing up on there because they are improving, but they're not doing it in a, within one week enough to get uh, recognized. So you got to go in and watch these markets. Um, our um, most uh, volatile markets page is a great one to watch because you are seeing it more shows it shows you the markets that are operating out of the norm yeah. above or below. That's a great way to see these markets. Uh, So you just got to use different data that we have here in Sona that works in different ways. And hopefully it'll start picking up uh, later on and you'll be able to pick those markets that you want to run. Cool.
2: Thank you, Donnie. Thank you so much for coming by today.
4: Yeah, have a good one, sir. Appreciate
2: you. Have a great weekend. Hope you find that pig. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, um, oh, here we go. Got to tip the band. China, India, Korea, Vietnam, Belgium, the Czech Republic, France, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, Canada. And Mexico, more than 2,700 AIT worldwide logistics supply chain experts are stationed in these countries and, of course, in offices across the United States. And in 2023, they're adding even more global locations as the organization strives to make it easier than ever for corporations to ship between Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and North America if you're ready to create a shipping program as unique as your business, as unique as you. You can learn more at AITWorldwide.com. All right, elsewhere.
0: What? You're a loser. You don't even have hair. I, I, I do, even a I do, I got a haircut. I a- barely broke You not get a like that in Albany where you from. In Albany? <laughs> what, are you what are you talking about? You're, you're from are <laughs> you I <laughs> picked you off the f***ing <laughs> scam in my back. You dirty piece of garbage. <laughs> Look at you. Fucking you fucking I'll tell you right <laughs> now.
2: I miss Selfie. I miss Selfie. i moved out of there in 2013. Uh, I think Lee Chen's closed now too. It's one of the few places you could get a great like Chinese and Mexican food meal at once when you're drunk at like, I don't know, eleven thirty at too many Tapo Chico mixers. <laughs> like one of our next guests. Hey, it's the Please Advise Summit, the first ever Please Advice Summit on What the Truck. And I'm proud to introduce Reed Lustelot, Dominic Tulo, Chase Osborne, and Garrett Allen. Hey guys
1: doing hey, what's, what's up, going man? on <laughs> what's
5: hey how you doing
1: hey <laughs> reed uh, you miss boston dude you ever go to you ever go to lee chen's oh my gosh that video has just got me like nostalgic man like that is so classic Now, people
2: who don't understand, there's, like, a lot of gatekeeping that goes on in Boston. And, like, if you tell someone who is from Boston that you're from Boston, but you're from, like, Needham or, like, some suburb or Dedham, God forbid, they will throw it right at you. Because nobody in Boston actually says they're from – they're like, I'm from the North End or Southie or Dorchester or whatever. Uh, It's interesting, though. Interesting um, gatekeeping. Now, guys, something really, really big happened. Last night, everybody, it doesn't matter if you were like MAGA, or you were a lib, or you're in the middle, or you're just a meme lord looking to make new creations. The mugshot of the century was dropped, and I need you guys to rate it. We'll start with Dominic, man. What do you think of his mugshot?
6: I mean, it's tremendous, as he would say, but it's exactly what he was going for. I saw his tweet this morning. It did over 100 million views, so I think he hit exactly what he was trying to hit. So for him, I'll give him a 10 out of 10.
2: Chase, what do you think, Chase? You like the look that he has on there? You think you think he's like premen? Some people wanted the thumbs up.
5: Yeah, you know, if I had to rate it out of 10, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, not going to lie. The smolder is kind of intimidating right now. And uh, I'm just kind of jealous he has more <laughs> hair than me at this stage. So
2: <laughs> He's going, you know, he's letting it go a little more natural. Too. You notice it's not as orange as it used to be. He's kind of letting it be like it's white, natural shine. Garrett, what, what do you think?
7: Yeah, I mean, solid nine, maybe even 10 out of 10. Uh, I I'm just imagining him like practicing this beforehand, right? Like in a mirror, like getting the look just right. <laughs> uh, and I also appreciate You know, it's a little offset. Uh, perfect for the album cover, you know, it's, it really, like, thought of it, thought of it <laughs> yeah, And
2: actually, it doesn't look too, uh, it doesn't look too posed. It looks like they got him, like, lurching forward a little bit. Oh Reed, you are a, uh, you are a four-figure or five, you're probably five-figure hat seller now. What about shirts? Because I think, like, the, I know Trump's selling his own, but the, the universalness Wait, of this on, mug. Turner, shop, you didn't let me
1: rate it. You didn't let me rate it, man. I'm
2: gonna let what you. I'm gonna oh, let no, you rate okay, it. okay. But my first oh my question was, do you think it would be good on a shirt?
1: What, well, please advise?
2: No, uh, Trump. <laughs> Maybe with oh, please advise over it.
1: Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we could, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, probably. It'd go really, that'd go really hard for sure. What What are you gonna rate it? I mean, first of all, I just want to say that there's no way he weighs 215 pounds. Like, I think he, I think the tail of the tape was like 6'3", 215. No chance. He didn't step on a scale there. That had to have been from, you know, 30 years ago. Like, no chance. No, I'm 6'2", 220. I I mean, it's classic.
2: I'm 6'2", 220. There's no way this dude is like five pounds less than me. Like, I'm sorry, Trump. Not that I'm in like the best shape on earth. I'm definitely not, but you're bigger than me.
6: That was also his reported yeah, correct, weight. Correct. Like, that's what he said. They didn't actually weigh him.
2: They need a scale like they yeah. did before, like a Jake Paul fight, right? They need to have him, like, take his clothes uh-huh. off and stand on his underwear and, like, flex.
1: Well, if, if he had it his way and they did that, which he probably would have done, then he would have reported his bill weight. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, before
2: you guys came on, and if I could have like five, unfortunately, I can't have five boxes here. I would have just kept Super Trucker on as he's a part of the Please Advise Club. But we touched on something that I think is worth mentioning to you guys, too. Take a look at this poll from Joey Slaughter. It's the question, is trucking a commodity? 70% said yes, it is. 40%, I mean, 30% said no, it isn't. Um, It gets people a little emotional on this topic. Dominic, what do you think, man? You deal in commodities,
6: Definitionally, no. It's not a commodity. However, it has commodity aspects because dry van is really interchangeable based on who's pulling it. Anybody could pull a dry van, no hook, no open. So in that sense, it has commodity characteristics. However, the driver's obviously not a commodity. Not every person who's driving the truck is the same. They all interact with the client differently. They can all sort of offer different services. Um, based on how they communicate, maybe based on how much insurance they carry. So there's different ways that the driver could actually differentiate themselves to haul different commodities. In my world, we haul fuel. So obviously you need the hazmat, you need a higher insurance limit. There's a little bit more of, of offloading that goes into it. And you know, we get paid differently based on the style of offloading. So in this case, what may be in the trailer could be a commodity and may have a lot of commodity characteristics however no the drivers not a commodity truck drivers are not commodities and i'm definitely not going to come up here and and belittle truck drivers into saying that they are commodities they are way way more than that
2: reed would you do you agree with that statement and would you what about the spot market is that a commodity market
1: I'll, I'll see to, to Dom's expertise. I, he said that a lot better than I could ever say it. I just want to say that Joey Slaughter, who posted that poll, it has been, his meme game has been fire lately. I called him the other day. I said, Joey, you're, you're on fire, man. Keep it up. Uh, and, and I'm happy to see him getting 40 response, responses to his poll. Um, I, I don't have much of an opinion on this. I'll, I basically agree with everything Dom said.
2: You agree with everything Dom says. Anybody can anybody gonna play the other side here? Come on, Chase. Come on. Uh, come on, Garrett.
7: I mean, I think uh, I like- you know as as we see autonomous trucking kind of take off, I could see truck capacity being treated as a commodity when you just have like a, a autonomous truck that you can just like give someone that capacity, but I definitely agree with Dom's take like right now, um, you know, truck drivers are more than just commodity. There's a lot of different like variations in service and stuff. They're not just interchangeable, so
5: Wow, and Chase, you're nodding your head. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say truckers are a commodity. I think that's totally wrong. Um, I think. Well, hold Justin, on a second, though. But t- hold on, hold
2: on, hold on, because this, this always becomes semantics. Because we're, we're not saying truck drivers okay. are a commodity. We're saying the trucking market, truck like trucking itself, like the, th- is the commodity. Yeah. I mean, a driver is a driver,
1: obviously. Co-
5: yeah, yeah, capacity is interchangeable
1: to-, to to some degree. Sorry, Chase. Yeah. Go ahead.
5: No, it's just, you know, obviously I'm not the biggest expert in this itself. So, you know, uh, I can't speak too much on it, but I think Justin put a great video out there. If no one has watched it yet, it's on his uh, Twitter for sure. Um, He just says it so well, um, you know, that, yeah, no, like we've been saying, the trucker is not the commodity, but trucking itself, you know, the stuff that you carry, that can be a commodity, Um, You know, I I fear that there's a disconnect where if someone says that, you know, immediately the trucker because the trucker is the truck, you know, they're almost like one body. You know, we're not saying that you are, but like the industry. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah.
2: I got a question for you guys. Let's look at a meme from Reed right here. I got to ask you, what do you guys Uh think Uh about the marketing that goes on in freight? Reed, you're the originator of this meme. Let's start with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've had a distaste for it since I got into this industry in 2016. Um, I think my favorite, but but it's so much so that it's like funny to me, like that uh, you know the European cab overs, truck driver appreciation week, uh, the the pictures, like the graphics, the stock photos that have all of these like crazy you know numbers and like hand shaking and like it basically tries to make like what we do look like rocket science, which Anybody who's been in this industry in, like, a broker role or a driver role or more boots on the ground kind of role knows it's just, like, not that at all.
2: <laughs> Speaking of Truck Driver Appreciation Week, were you at all surprised by the the trucker's sort of vitriol towards the the holiday? Because I feel like a lot of no. people would never speak down upon National Truck Driver Appreciation Week, but the drivers themselves were all over it.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. um, Not at all. It's 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 I mean, obviously, they deserve some sort of recognition. But if the benefactors, if the beneficiaries of that attention are everyone else, um, or at least like if everyone else is eating pizza and like doing barbecues and stuff, and all the truckers are still on the road, then obviously, we've got an issue.
2: Interesting. Let's talk a little marketing with you, Chase. You are in marketing right now. I used to be a marketing director over at Freight Plus for a little while. Uh, What do you think about all this? Because it's something I used to fight against, and I used to (laughs) decree all the uh, like. If you go on like Canva or or like uh, Pixel Bay or any of the stock footage places, and you type in truck. The first four ones, or you type in freight tech, the first four ones are repeated ad nauseum by these lazy marketing people who I don't are they trying to look like look the thing that drives me nuts in freight marketing <laughs> is that so much of it copies each other and they're like, oh, this is what you do, this is what you look like, and you can't differentiate yourself at all.
5: Yeah, well, so one, kind of to elaborate on that, I love how in that classic meme that you posted there, Reed, you know, it's a European truck because yeah. obviously they don't know they're trucking. Like the industry at all, and I think that's where a lot of companies have a disconnect between their marketing and the business themselves. Right? Um, A lot of times, you look at some of the bigger brokerages; they're kind of more marketing to the candidates because it's their, it's you know, it's their business style. Like they're they're focusing on the candidates; they're trying to bring in people, um, build you know, their client, not client base, but their Candidates and new recruits, where you know what I want to do. I come from a blue collar background. I come from a trucking background and farming background. I really what with what I'm doing here at my current company, Bridge. We're just trying to, you know, carrier centric, carrier first, uh, carrier first language. Right. Um, I think it's important to know your industry, and with that, you know, you can try to bridge that gap between. Carriers and the brokers uh, right now. There's kind of a divide that's almost worse than a political debate right now, um, and so knowing the industry is going to be kind of that glue that separates you from the other brokerages out there. Yeah, there's a lot of cringe material out there, and I love making meme materials about it too. But I'm making sure that what we're putting out there is not going to end up on a post that you know read is sending out a week later.
2: No, and at least they're they're they're, they're watchable. They're they worth they're worth seeing. For example, we have an example. Remember that PSA intro? I do we do we have that available? I, I skipped it when I started. Do we have PSA intro? The one I want to play before these guys come on. Guys in the back. I'm
1: I'm yeah, very proud of this, by the way. So I'm frequently asked what I do during the day. Um, here's what I'm doing. Check this out.
4: Wow, incredible.
1: You didn't have to cut me off. <laughs> you are listening to Wine, the
2: Drive. Are you ready to truck it? Wow. Nice. <laughs> I love- Garrett, how about you? What do you feel about the marketing in this space?
7: Oh, I feel like it's fantastic. Uh, you know, we need more. We need more of this kind of stuff. That memes. Yeah. The memes that Reid are putting out. These videos Chase are making. I think. Uh, you know, honestly, like sometimes I feel like the industry takes itself a little too seriously, and uh, this really makes it a lot easier to connect with people. Uh, I think the Please Advise group here is a great example of that. So, I
2: well, mean, I, I was I was initially able to get traction on sites like like LinkedIn and Twitter back in. Uh, 2019, 2018, 2017, by by trying to do things differently, by trying to incorporate memes and clips and making it very, this is a hugely visual world. Like, there is so much, like, we're talking about gigantic machines pulling 80,000 pounds of weight. We're talking about humongous steamship lines. It's so visual. And I think the biggest misstep a lot of companies make is that they don't, Touch freight, Like, show us the world. Mm-hmm. Show us what you do. Show us stuff in motion. This came up when they were talking about, like, recruiting being terrible for the military now, except for, like, what the Marines <laughs> do. And what the Marines do is fantastic, because they make the thing look like a Call of Duty trailer. They make it look like, oh dude, I'm gonna come in here. If I get killed, I'll respawn. I'm gonna shoot a missile into this Iraqi village. You know, that's what they make it look like.
5: <laughs> right. <laughs>
2: Tula, what do you think? we got to up our game. I think the meme lords are forcing the freight caviars, the reeds, the what the trucks, are the. they're forcing these companies to go a little deeper because they're seeing the traction that we get.
6: You are witnessing the freight world cross the chasm from being a bunch of really serious guys and gals who drink too much coffee and smoke too many cigarettes. Mm. But we are crossing the chasm, and we are coming to the point now where you have younger folks who are either – been in freight long enough that they're in control of social media accounts uh, for their companies Mm -hmm. or they're beginning to start their own companies and doing it their own way and for me lost freight was really the first sign that like actually put a crack in the wall of showing that this media needs to be entertaining the days of going to a landing page of a brokerage or a trucking company and looking at it and not knowing exactly what they do are over. Like it's totally over. We need to be at the stage now where you're being grabbed in by something fun, something entertaining, something with a community of people actually talking about the product and service. And we're starting to see that. But I mean, what Reed has done is just absolutely unbelievable. With this please advise brand all over your channel, all over Twitter, Um, it's just, it's just incredible. We're we're witnessing it and I'm happy to just be parts of the earlier stages.
2: You know, Reed, I, this just dawned on me. There, there's always new listeners listening to this show. They might not be like, they might be like, what is this all? Why is there a please advise from? Why are they all wearing please advise hats? This Hmm. makes no sense. Let's make it make sense. Reed, where did this hat come from?
1: Yeah. So initially, um, I, came out with that "Please pleaseadvise.ai excuse generator that I talked yeah. about the first time I ever came on the show. That's when I first uh, heard about and it. And yeah, yeah. And so I made that because I was, you know, I'm interested in AI and I know that's kind of a bad word with some people in the industry. Uh, but I was interested. So I was like, I'm going to build this excuse generator. It'll be funny. We'll try to drive some traffic. I called it, please advise because I just like the phrase and I used it all the time in my broker life and and everybody uses it. It's, it's a good phrase. It's it's dripping with like meaning and nuance. Um, so I I was like, I'm just going to put it on a hat. Uh, so I, you know, I, I I cut out a, well, not even cut out. I ripped a piece of like printer paper and like wrote it on with, with, and then just taped it over a, a hat I already had. Wore it on your show for the first time, wore it to Matt's Mid American Truck Show in Louisville. And then I basically was just like, hey, does anybody like, would anybody want a hat that actually says this? Would somebody buy this from me? Um, And yeah, the rest is kind of history. I don't know. I just, yeah, I sold a lot of them now. And uh, yeah, so that's basically it. Where does someone, where does, before we move on from
2: that, where does someone get a hat?
1: Yeah, so it's uh, shop.lossfreight.com last freight spelled like this um yeah with f uh, and, and c- c- I, I, how how has nobody commented on my lovely backdrop yet well dude, that's I kind of this, the impetus of this it, entire it's just thing you,
6: dude. like you don't take yourself too seriously <laughs> and the please oh, well, hold on hold on <laughs> let, let, let me just
1: let me just draw the let me just draw a thread <laughs> here so the first time i was ever on this show i had the loose leaf paper taped on my hat and now we've got a real hat Now I've got this like loose leaf. I literally didn't have any stickers, so I just put some like my business cards. I happen to have (laughs) four business cards with my logo on it, and so I just taped them. The people at WeWork here, like first of all, WeWork is back, man. They got cold brew today. Like they have tape. They have a Sharpie. We're good. You have Um, a very bipolar relationship with,
2: with WeWork. You are either like slamming them or loving them.
1: I mean, it's night and day. I mean, it's hit or miss these days. Everybody knows about the issues. I won't speculate on the health of the company on this show, Um, but we're back today. Everything's good. So as far as I'm concerned, it's great. Now, Tulo,
2: you, if I understand correctly, you own like truck stops, rest stops?
1: Yeah,
6: we own two truck stops and a uh, bulk fleet fueling company. So let let me tell you, our own truck stops with fuel as well.
2: Okay, so show this video of the cleaning robots. Could these revolutionize truck stop bathrooms? Now, we're starting, and Garrett, This is, we're starting to get some AI here. We're starting to get into your neighborhood. <laughs> what do you think of the hopper cleaner, Tulo? Would this be good at one of your stops?
6: This would be so useful. You know how hard it is to find people to clean these bathrooms? These guys are blowing these bathrooms out on the reg. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, it's hard to find someone we
6: we have a strict one-person policy in these bathrooms. At one time, you got to consider we're in Newark, New Jersey. Like, part of our policy is we only allow truck drivers to use our bathrooms because we would have all types of wild stuff happening. But this is fantastic, and this and this could be useful for way more than just the bathrooms. Like, we have full service guys running around picking garbage up off the ground, pee bottles, what have you. I mean, this 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 could change at all. Our truck stop could just be cleaner this way.
2: What is the worst thing you've found in a bathroom?
6: Uh, geez.
2: Um,
6: <laughs> I couldn't say what, I couldn't say what came to mind at first. Apologies. Um, drugs. I mean, yeah, we're, drugs. We're also, we're also across the street from a Hudson County prison. So sometimes we'll see people walk through without their shoelaces on. And, and that just means they left jail and they're coming here first. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we, you, 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 you think of it, it's, it's, it's been found.
2: Wow. Do you ever do like escape inmate uh, appreciation day over at the uh, station? Like, coming for a break off and some new laces. A little get <laughs> shot. <laughs> no. Yeah what do you think, man? AI it gets so hyped. I saw like three people on LinkedIn. They changed like their business. They changed themselves to AI logistics. Con- just yesterday, three different guys I saw there changed their name to AI logistics consultant. What do you think? Overhyped? I can't like chat. I would love to fire like myself as a graphic designer with chat GPT or any of these things. But you know what? <laughs> it takes me just as long to use that crap. as it actually longer than to just jump in Canva? What about these robots?
7: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going through the typical cycle, right? Like all this hype, you know, everybody's changing their name to AI, logistics, whatever. Uh, I think it'll die off, you know, over the next year. And uh, the big, I think the big winners are people looking at like niche things. So people trying to solve like huge problems with AI are going to end up having issues with all these edge cases, like even just this robot, right? Like what happens when somebody's in the bathroom and the door's not locked and the robot comes in and starts trying to clean while you're sitting on the toilet, right? <laughs> uh, all those kinds of things have to be taken into consideration like across the board with AI. And uh, so the best use cases are when it's really specific, something you know all the all the possible cases or at least like the majority of them and you can take them into account. So, that, that, yeah, I mean, it. I think- Before
2: you uh, move past it, I want to bring up a, an interesting point because you mentioned it could go in on someone who could be in a state of undress in a bathroom or going to the bathroom. That puts like the data of some of these robots and that there could be some liability there.
7: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that's like one of the big like hurdles you have looking at AI, you know, when we when you start trying to automate workflows, um, you and you especially if you take the human element out of it, um, you know, you're at the mercy of what the AI is going to do. What's that? What's that? How's that bot going to respond to a driver? Like, how's the is how's the bot going to handle going into that bathroom? Right. Uh, and you have to own that. And it's not something that you can just like a human can necessarily make the call at game time, you know. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm
6: I going an room- HR department. For the robot, H,
2: H, H, HR <laughs> is dangerous. Maybe it'll be better to the maybe it'll be better to the robots than than it is to the than it is to the people. Um, Chase, any plans to to reimagine Bridge as an AI company?
5: Uh, uh, so <laughs> um, I got to be careful. My boss is watching right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, no, <laughs> depends. I've actually. I've looked into ways when AI first really started coming out and like Google Bard came out and chat GPT was still just version three. I was looking at ways like, huh, so how could I use this to almost like automate email campaigns? Right. Um, something that could introduce also like maybe a little market update or something to help us on the sales side. But the problem is at least in that stage, you still had to fact check it all um, because it, even though Google Bard, which was kind of better because it's more real time, it's Google searching, it's still not accurate. Um it uh yeah, you know, I mean, I'm a marketing guy. AI, if it gets too big, my job's at risk, right? You can use AI to create videos now. Have you seen the stuff of like AI-generated videos that looks like real human beings. Like, that stuff huh. is insane to me. They're always weird and creepy, be- though.
2: I like that. I like the weird, creepy aspect of it. Like, there's this sort of, like, like AI interpretation of society that's just a little bit off, but, like, in an awesome and, like, strange way.
5: Yeah, and what's great is that, uh, you know, in that case, no one's ever going to know if it's actually me on the other side of the camera or if it's AI-generated because, you know, we both look goofy, but it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> I don't think AI is going to be stealing anybody's jobs. I think we could be friends with AI. I think we can learn how to use it to our advantage. Um, Definitely helping out on the marketing department side. I think there's a way of fine tuning it. And, you know, maybe we can use AI to create some more awesome memes too. you know, take that workload off of me on the nights. Wouldn't hurt.
2: By the way, we got some comments here. Daniel Schiffin Gibson says, Lost Freight
5: HQ on a ripped out piece of paper.
2: Dude. Wow. Gray Sharky says, What's up, squad? Truck parts into inventory says, Please advise Summit. Love it. Uh, he says, That was funny. I'm not sure what he was referring to. Probably the entire show. Uh, Gray Sharky <laughs> says, Don't get me started on public restrooms. Chris Seed says, He needs a robot to clean the robot. Uh, th- there's a few more here. Reed, now, How much do you trust robots? Like, for example, Would you let one cut your hair?
1: no no What's i wouldn't uh, dude I, I was trying to understand is was that what was happening here yeah, i, I saw this video a couple times i i scrolled by it i was like what is going on i didn't even examine it this is insane no i would not do this
5: blaze what looks about- like he's <laughs> getting 3d printed <laughs> that's, that's
1: sure? literally what i thought was <laughs> happening i'm not even kidding i literally thought that
2: Gary you you know tech a little bit why why is he in like a cryogenic freeze type of like or an upside down dryer like what what is he in
7: I have no idea uh I maybe it's something with like how the robot can like center on his head or something maybe he's just protecting himself from stab wounds to the chest maybe
2: (laughs) (laughs) if this was at f3 Dominic would you allow this to cut your hair
6: Yes, but I also just don't understand why the guy can't smile. Why does he look like that?
5: <laughs> it, it makes it much more horrific, doesn't it? Like, he looks so... Really scared out of his mind right now. He's traumatized. <laughs> He's the inventor, too.
1: Oh, he is?
2: Oh,
5: yeah, well, it was that. F3.
1: Inventors I don't get it do it.
2: No. Nah, it's scary stuff. Now, you guys, we we cover highway a lot. Like, let's take a look at this one video right here of this guy driving on the highway. And I I got a question. You got to confess some sins over here. We'll start with you, Reed. Reed, what's the craziest thing you've done on a highway?
1: Craziest thing I've done on a highway? Uh... I've you know I've yelled how like so so oftentimes when I was sitting in uh, in traffic on ninety three driving home from work in Woburn that back to East Boston. Uh, just in bumper to bumper traffic, I would like roll down the window and legitimately like scream at the top of my lungs sometimes. Uh, not at anybody in particular, just for like, just cause I was like, man, I like, this is insane. I I'm going to go crazy. Like I would literally just, I would do that. I did sometimes I would even roll down the window and it was just like fun. It reminded me that I was like alive. <laughs> like I wasn't even, I wasn't really even that mad. Like I was just like, okay, I got nothing better to do. So I'm just going to. That's just just how
2: mass holes communicate. Now, I've had to, like, retrain myself since I've been in the South because everyone down here is armed, and, like, you always see on the news, road rage, (laughs) someone got shot during a road rage incident. In, in, like, Massachusetts, for example, like, uh, flipping someone off is like giving someone a wave. No one's really going to get that. Like, they'll yell back at you, but, like, no one gets out of their car. Or if you beep at someone, like, they might just flip. Like, no one gets that angry about it because it's all day. You're so used to it. You'd be, like, road raging all day long on, uh, like, 93.
1: Yeah yes correct yeah yeah it's i i've seen some crazy things yeah people are people are insane there they're insane yeah there's no better way to put it
2: Tulo, you you look like you i mean you're in new jersey you don't even let you pump the gas yeah there. i mean new jersey's crazy i mean
6: I, I i've been quoted saying that the state flag of new jersey is the middle finger out the driver window
2: <laughs> <Wow>.
6: <laughs> and it is
2: it's not i mean it's not connecticut just, with their gas taxes
6: no, I think it's New Jersey and in New Jersey, like if someone's behind your mirrors and you're in traffic, you can just cut them off. It's purely fair game. Nobody gets offended over it. If you're behind me, I'm going to cut you off and and we're going to be cool afterwards. Like only the losers take it personally. But as far as the craziest thing I've done in traffic, there's a lot of things. But the first thing that comes to mind is I was doing a sales call. I was leaving New Jersey, going to Long Island, um, And it was the Friday before Easter. Never do a sales call the Friday before Easter because the traffic is just horrific. I was on the Belt Parkway um, on my way back from Long Island and the traffic was just bumper to bumper. I mean, I think I was in park for like a full five minutes and I had to use the bathroom so bad that I hopped out of my car in the left lane of the Belt Parkway, opened my front door, opened my back door and just, just (laughs) just started going to the bathroom. And the craziest thing is, not only did no one care, the two cars behind me also started doing the same thing. It's like they needed <laughs> someone to do it first. It's like the broken window theory. Like uh, once one person, no, it's not, uh, see, We're all. You ever see the video? Deal?
2: You ever see the video of the guy at the festival and like he's all dancing weird all alone, and then eventually like another person comes in and then everyone starts da- like they're all doing his dance. That's what happened yeah. right there in New Jersey. Yeah, I love to hear it. I love when yeah. it's like please advise hats taking off, except with with urine. Y- yeah. Chase, what about you? You ever uh, take a dump outside your car window or something like that?
5: (laughs) (laughs) Can't say I never thought about it. Um, (laughs) No, I just wish that – I'm almost jealous of that person's driving skills. They made that so smooth. You know, uh, Tow Mater and cars? Totally got that vibe from that. Like, that was just so smooth. I'm jealous. No, I mean, the worst I've ever done is if I get mad at someone and we meet up next to each other, like they're, they're cutting around neuter thing, but we stop in traffic right next to each other. I rolled out my window and I just blast the most like egregious meme music, pretty much just something that's obnoxious. And I just turn and smile to them the whole time and bob my head. Like I'm vibing like my, I, I try to keep as chill as possible on the roads and, you know, kill them with kindness.
2: Passive-aggressive, bad music. Love it. Garrett, come on, man. You're, you're a little silent. You must be crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
7: uh, I, I feel like, uh, I don't know. So I'm in Raleigh, North Carolina. And so if anybody's been like in downtown Raleigh, especially like rush hour, the infrastructure is like not quite there for the amount of people we have. And uh, it's always just crazy, especially on uh, this road. Capital goes right through the center. And we first moved here uh, like five years ago now. And, uh, my wife was visiting, I'd already moved. She was coming down to visit and I was telling her about like, you know, traffic's been pretty crazy down here and stuff. And, uh, it was like one of the first times I was driving like around that area basically. And somebody like cut across one of like the on ramps and like just crashed into someone basically like her first time downtown after I was talking about the traffic, uh, and, you know, just trying to play it cool. Like, yeah, this is where we're moving. Uh, traffic's totally fine. Um, and, uh, yeah. So anybody, if you've been in downtown Raleigh rush hour, especially around like capitalism, you know, exactly what I'm talking about.
2: People that now, are crazy. Now, Reed, we have about sixty seconds left. So this is a lightning question. What are your top keys to building a community?
1: Dude, I have no idea. I'm just <laughs> memeing. I'm having fun. Uh, i I've literally somebody made a meme on LinkedIn and put me like put me in it. Actually, no, they put a please advise hat on a golden retriever and said like I have no idea what I'm doing. The dog sitting at the computer. That's literally true. I'm just kind of making it up <laughs> as I go. Have fun invite people like be very like call people out but not in like a bad way be like hey what do you think like get try to pull people out of their shell like just laugh be willing to you know just joke around um i mean we have a lot of fun in the discord so if anyone wants to join the discord um they can find it at discord.lostfreight.com um yeah so it's just i don't know man just, join. just send just it be like, there, that's it right like anything just, be there just, be be, know, be a part of it be, Exactly. Either and literally, like these guys who are on here, like have all just joined and kind of are all doing their own thing now. Like Garrett's hosting, like a, an AI. We haven't even talked about the actual things we're doing. We're just having fun. <laughs> well, but, we like, have to wait
2: because that's, well, I, that's why we have to happening. do another one of these next month. Because I'm like my, my huh? music's playing, keyboard cat's playing us stuff. You gotta find Reed Sorry. at Lost on Frey Twitter. Lost is Reed. Uh, Garrett Allen. Garrett underscore makes. Dominic Tulo. Dominic underscore Tulo. Chase Osborne. Chase Shake. Go look them up on free I Twitter say, or yeah. LinkedIn. Connect with them. Guys, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. That was a great first. Please advice some. And a little cowbell for all my participants. Find me on Twitter at Timothy Find the show at FW What the Truck. De- uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, I don't care. And uh, find the show on video on FreightWave's YouTube channel. There you go. Take care. Don't be a stranger.